Hello and welcome to this episode of Saved by the Belial, an atrocious Ultraman podcast, the show where we only have three minutes to discuss a episode of Ultraman. We are the Belial Buds. I'm David. I'm Chris. I had to do it. I love it. <laughs> it's like a if, if there was a t-shirt, that would be it. I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like By this point, my coming up with that phrase will be a month old, so hopefully... Someone will be charitable enough to be like, hey, I drew this super boss shirt for you. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> and if not yet, you still have your chance. Um, I still, the one the one that was drawn, our t-shirt from Kaiju Apostle, when I wear it, I walk with my chest all puffed out. And I'm like, people are like, what's on your shirt? And I'm like, oh, this whole thing? I, <laughs> oh, let me tell you. <laughs> it's actually Harlow's favorite shirt of mine. She loves to like sit on my lap and point at all the different oh, monsters. That's so sweet. Right? Uh, speaking of kids, though, I watched a kaiju movie last night. It's oh my, my turn god! Now. Hey, I did too. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, but you first. No, 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 no. You first. Oh well, no, I didn't mean to take your thunder. No, go for it. I saw King Kong versus Godzilla. Finally. Yeah. What do you think? It was fun. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what the problem people had with it was. Apparently, it's exactly Godzilla what I expected smiled. it to be. What? Like apparently, because Godzilla smiled, that was a big deal. He did what now? I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I was just, I was a little confused, but um, I was like, what's, what's all this stuff in the upside down doing? Um, But that's fine. It also came at a huge expense. Um, Someone might've let trigger episode four pass into the ether before he had a chance to watch it. Uh, I haven't even watched episode five because why do I need two recap episodes in a row? Yeah. Oh no. Two. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I love Declan. <laughs> Declan was an awesome monster from Tiga, but I am not about to sit through two recap episodes. I will come back. Well, I hope I didn't miss an actual episode. <laughs> no, anyway. no, you're good. You're good. So you enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's And that's, I think that's I watched. Enough. I watched it on a TV. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a problem. No, I mean on my free HBO Max from signing up for AT and T internet service, <laughs> uh, just the way Universal Pictures would have wanted. Right, man, Christopher Nolan, just whatever. yeah, he's a dream come true. Let me tell you. Yeah, what was your kaiju movie? Luca. Oh, was it good? Oh, I loved it. It was great. Oh man, was it like a crier? Um, there or were some sweet? moments I was tempted. Okay. Okay. But. What I liked is that, I mean, I think it's a given at this point has to do with sea monsters um, mm-hmm. and a boy that goes back and forth between the two. But I like that there's no time spent at all explaining why that happens. Mm. Loved it. That's good. Yeah, I, I don't care. We don't need to know. We don't, it's Star Wars syndrome. Like, it doesn't need to have a backstory for everything. And I didn't even recognize Jim Gaffigan's voice. Like, he did a great job. Oh, which one to see? The dad? Mm-hmm. And then Maya oh. Rudolph's the mom. Oh, funny. That reminds me of a great Disney Channel original movie. Oh, no. Where um, that one kid turns 13 and turns into a mermaid whenever he swims. What? 13th year, I think. Huh. We'll get a tweet about it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Because all the tweets we get, we're just <laughs> having to bear on top left of. And right. Yeah, well... <laughs> Granted. Oh, Twitter sucks. Okay, so let's just go ahead and uh, go into the house cleaning. Do we have any new reviews tonight, Chris? 
No. I know. Actually, so we did get a new review. They just didn't say anything. So five stars. Okay. Yeah, it was. Oh, so thank God. We appreciate it. I was about to look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to share something fun. So we have a wide swath of listeners all across the globe. Uh, sorry, all across the flat plane. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. thank you. Chris, if you had to guess our top three countries, okay. what would you guess? Serious, serious answers. Okay. Um, well, U.S. Okay. For sure. Um, I'm for the language reasons, probably England. Wrong. What? United Kingdom is number four. Okay. Are those the same thing? Great question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. Uh, okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> shoot, man. I guess I, I like, I want to say like Japan. I'm sure there's plenty of English speakers. No. Mm-mm. It's not oh, even man. in our top It's not 10. even in the register. No. I mean, Kyo Toshi does listen to our show, but that's about it. Huh. Okay. So then, um, is it at least an Asian country? Yes. <laughs> okay, the way you said that means I'm going to be like, um, shoot, what is it? So number two is Indonesia, oh. and number three is Malaysia. So wow. you're close, Asia. <laughs> yeah, well, welcome to our Indonesian and Malaysian listeners. Yeah. We're happy to have you. No, that's what I wanted to say. Like, it's uh, widely, ab- I don't know, that's not the right word. It's a... Uh, Streets ahead of everyone else in regards to uh, downloads. So that's that's crazy. Yeah. So we really do appreciate it. Uh, and for France and Brazil down there, we see you. Okay. <laughs> our, we see you. Our one Frenchman who listens to this over at Baguette. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. My least favorite word, the one I say all the freaking time. We. Oui. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and get started on the show, Chris. We yeah. are in the final stretch of Ultra 7, and it has been a show. Can you agree? Have we made a what's in the Ultra box joke yet? Yes. Okay. That was on the episode we released today when I said lucky number Ultra 7. And you're <laughs> okay, like, yeah, yeah. what's in the Ultra box? <laughs> Um, perfect. Yeah. Okay. You covered your yeah. bases. Don't worry. Um, what are my thoughts? Yeah, I can see, I can see, um, I now having seen a few classic shows and a few new eras, I don't mind the ones where they get a little more focused in the storytelling. I'm getting a little, um, this back and forth, different stories. It's getting a little hard to follow. Hard mm-hmm. to sometimes always want to pick it back up. Yeah. There's no like impending sense of what's going to happen next that follows this type of formatting, which isn't Ultra 7's. It is its fault, but not in the way that it's like doing something wrong. Yeah. Just not my taste. It's no breaking bad. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's no like <laughs> um, yeah. Ultraman Diaz episode. <laughs> that was good. That was good. For for the for that's yeah excuse me that's for you Ryan Johnson yeah please listen <laughs> um, so yeah I mean 
There's been some good episodes. Don't get me wrong, but when it comes down to it, I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm okay getting into a few more linear stories and a little less here and there's. Mm-hmm. What about you? Now that you've actually finished it, yeah, or are we right. gonna wait for the end? Uh, I'll I'll share a couple thoughts before we get in here. So yeah, I I'm with you. It it is a show. When it's really good, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And when I don't like it, you're right. I ended up watching seven episodes yesterday. And that actually isn't because of the quality of these episodes. I actually think this is probably one of our best batch of episodes we've covered. But it's just the whole experience. Like, I think it would have been different if I was watching it week after week. Mm-hmm. Right. But watching it in this somewhat bingy, marathony, you know, this marathon of blood. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just not working for me. Whereas mm-hmm. some of these newer gen shows, you're right. It goes from plot point to plot point, but it's connected in a way that you feel like there's some kind of investment. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. I think everybody probably gets it. But yeah, we'll get into these episodes. I think I, I I will confess there's one episode here that was actually in my running for my favorite episode of the series. Oh, so. same. I, I always, I'm going to be straight up. When my favorite episode from the series comes from the end, I feel like I'm like, done. I'm the person who did the book report and only read the first 10 pages. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. it's very clear that all your materials from, mm-hmm. but I'm curious if it's going to be the same one. Yeah, I, I kind of just played my hand there, but that's all right. So, Chris, episode 39, you want to start us out here? Yes. So, this is one of the fir- one of the two-parters from this batch. So, this is the 7 Assassination Plan Part 1. Recorded footage of Ultra 7 fighting is being played by a war council of the Guts people, a race of aliens who wish to conquer Earth. Their analysis leads to a plan. Defeat him publicly to break mankind's spirit. Upon arriving, Dan summons Wyndham to fight, but they destroy the capsule monster. The guts have been waiting for this and assault the hero, seemingly immune to all of his techniques. Demanding the unconditional surrender of the Ultra Guard, they show the captured Ultra Seven and threaten to execute him at dawn. Can you believe they killed Wyndham? It's like, I thought I saw him later in the series. Yeah, no, they they straight up killed him. Like, (laughs) there's so many things about this two-parter that felt like it should have been the actual finale. It actually, it felt like more of a finale. There's certain parts that felt like more of a finale than what we ended up getting. Well, because I always, like, you can always tell, even if you don't know, like, with stuff like Power Rangers, what the last one of the season is. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the command center is getting destroyed. They're losing all their powers. And Wyndham feels like one of those ones where it's like, hey, you can't lose him and still have 10 episodes left. I know. I know. I'm so glad it wasn't Mickless, though. Like, I like Wyndham. Don't get me wrong. But I would have mm, I would have lost it if it was Mickless. Yeah. When you when you watch uh, Mabius, you'll get it. Like, he's just. Okay. Yeah. He's a doll. Literally, he's yeah. a doll. <laughs> he's literally a doll. <laughs> um, a spark doll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the thing about this that kind of was interesting to me is I'm not used to shows really resetting the stakes. So it's both close to the end, but not really either. Mm-hmm. You know, that we still have this whole chunk 
So I really like the fact that they seem to go really big and we're just supposed to say like, unless they just start an episode saying, hey, we rebuilt Wyndham. <laughs> like, what they, it's it resets it a lot. And yeah. it's not the only ally he's going to get defeat, defeated. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. How did you like seeing your uh, your your boy Alien Guts again? Yeah. Um, I, I this whole this whole thing I was like, "Oh, I recognize Oh wait, cuz we've already seen them in the show." Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, getting all proud of myself. No, I mean, we only saw him in Ginga. It wasn't oh, in Ultra 7. Not in Ultra. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Man, this binging thing gets kind of funny <laughs> in my brain. Like, that's what, that's what I'm saying though. Yeah. It's it's almost more fun this way cuz you can't even keep track of anything. It's um, almost like I'm like holding off on trigger now just to right? only be watching. No, nah, I, I get it, man. Like this is this and yeah, I'm fin- uh, finishing up singular point with Jasper. Like I just don't watch any TV. So I'm yeah. like with trigger, I definitely am doing it week after week. And it's like the last thing I do. Mm. Not that it's not fun. I just, yeah, it's a lot all at once. Yeah. Um, I did have to say though. So I've been using my remarkable tablet to take notes yeah. for the show now. So I wrote down, I was like, nothing like a crucifixion to demoralize the masses, but it capitalized M in mass. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that was not intentional. Well, but. yeah. And not the crucifixion, though. Like, that's a lowercase, but mass. That yeah. one's the one we're going to. I know. It just, yeah. The cross showing up. I'm like, of course, that's how they're going to kill him. Right? Yeah. It really gave me a Superman vibe. Boop, boop, boop. Oops. Oh, we're starting. That already. was early. Yeah. <laughs> we're just jumping right in. You booped early. That's what she said. All right. Um, <laughs> episode 40, the seven assassination plan part two. So apparently they didn't succeed the first time. No. With Ultra 7 captured, all the Ultra Guard has going for it is the signal they've received from parts unknown. Surprisingly, it's coming from Seven himself, telling the agents to produce magnelium energy to free and reinvigorate him. This seems like an impossible task to the Ultra Guard, and in reality it is. But Amagi realizes the scientists have cracked a way to do it, though it requires a rare ore found only in Africa. Bless the ore down in Africa. As soon as I said Africa, I saw you start getting some jimmies. I'm like, I know what you're about to do. Yeah, he's about to pull a little Toto out. Um, you know, it's really lucky for them that even though Ultra 7 was hanging on the cross in mm-hmm. vi- clear violation of Deuteronomy, that um, they only had to go to Africa instead of Saturn this time to get the MacGuffin for the episode. Yeah, and it's... Furuhashi's sister's friend conveniently gives him one. Like, yeah. It's so rare that I just hand it out to any of my sister's friends. Right. Yeah. This is, it was a weird episode because in the beginning, when Furuhashi was talking about like his face and African natives, I'm like, where are you going? With oh my God. This? I was like, are we about to have a. A different discussion. Yeah, and they they cut it off, so that was great. But I did like that he broke the fourth wall, though. That was fun. We we only got that, I think, once in Ultraman with E-Day when he was talking to the camera when he ended up hurting himself. So Mm -hmm. I like that we got it again. Those moments where I'm like, okay, you're not taking yourself so seriously. This is the kind of stuff 
that I like about Ultra 7. We'll talk about that in the next episode. But like, I liked the second part a lot more than the first part. Yeah, but it wasn't the same. The The tone was a nice change between the yeah. two. Oh, absolutely. Um, Even just like, it, there's it's heavy seeing him on the cross, even if you're not religious. Like, it's still the hero getting tied up in the most like, you know, it's hugely symbolic. You know, it's hugely weighty that he's yeah. hanging that way. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's that's the point, right? They wanted people to be like, oh, man, they're doing this to seven. Like, what would they do to us? Yeah, well, honestly. So, I but the tonal shift helped. I think it's a comedic, there was some comedic relief that came in mm-hmm. that wasn't overbearing to kind of rid the episode of the tension, but it didn't. Um, it could have been a lot. Yeah. Especially the way we are watching it to be the start of this episode. It could have been a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I like that they didn't spend, you know, 10 minutes trying to explain like why the oars and the like all that stuff. I mean, yes, it's hand wavium. I get it. But you should say hand wavium. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't really want that in an episode. Like there's a part of me where I'm like, yes, there's that completist or like that lore obsessed person that wants it but it doesn't make it a better episode right Right. so i'm glad that they didn't waste all that time yeah oh absolutely oh we just gotta let that 10 seconds go (laughs) oh i know why it's doing it i've got uh i've got it on repeat (laughs) oh because i was doing the uh oh the the song at the beginning on a human farm that's hilarious. All right. Um, so episode 41, Kappa Delta Psi. I mean, challenge from underwater. <laughs> a number of incidents lead the Ultra Guard to investigate a possible appearance of a Kappa, a supposedly mythical creature. A local club is on the case, but when the being kidnaps one of the fellows, Dan must hurry his search, leading him to the dead body of the monster hunter that went missing. Spoilers. As the UG- what? Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As the UG and the club examine the body, they catch sight of the Kappa again and chase it to the lake where it disappears in the water. I like it when you call me Big Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. man. Yeah. Then uh, Pacapa the Copper. <laughs> that one didn't work as well. But uh, yeah, <laughs> see that one written. Yeah. This episode. Felt like an Ultra Q episode. Yes. And I was so bummed that it ended up becoming an Ultra 7 episode. Like, they could have easily made it just this off the wall. We don't need to have Ultra 7 involved whatsoever. Just the Ultra Guard. It would have been great. And, like, it's still a fun episode. But I'm just sitting there and I'm like, the whole reveal where they think it's the Kappa and it's Dan and Furuhashi. I was losing it. It was so good. So good. <sighs> you know how we don't talk about these beforehand? Yeah. You know what I was going to say about this episode? The turtle. Yeah. Just like <laughs> the turtle. <laughs> but I was literally going to. But this time, for like the same reasons you did, it really felt ultra Q-ish. Yeah. And if it never, if it never grew, I just love this. I love this um, concept when TV shows. I can't think of an example off the top of my head because I'm just formulating this thought now. 
Mm-hmm. But when it takes stuff like mythology and it says, oh, the mythology is real, but not in the way that yeah. like legend has it. Mythology is real because this is Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Of course these things exist. Yeah. Like, uh, it, why would you, like the Red King exists. Of course this does. Yeah. It's it's what we were talking about with the fortune tellers. Like, yeah, you guys are investigating aliens. Like, why would you not believe there's... Why, yeah, why would this be the weird teller? one? Yeah. yeah. But friggin' Amagi, though, doing those headshots on the cop, I was like, oh my gosh. First of all, the dude gets his, like, I don't even know how he gets killed. That was brutal, right? Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, all the headshots and, you know, Seven fighting Lady Liberty. I'm like, what is this supposed to be an allegory for? Yeah, honestly. But, yeah, the, these these episodes, this last strain, just I was, like, sitting here a little, like, Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It went from like this really whimsical, like lighthearted episode to being like, "Oh, okay, this just got really serious." Yeah, seriously. But also, um, Anne with her hair. Where did this long hair come from? <laughs> it looks great, but I'm just yeah. like, you know, let your hair down, girl. Like, you know, girl, <laughs> wash your face. Come on, man. Girl, wash your face. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is funny though. I couldn't help but think of this episode of Arthur that traumatized me as a child. You know, you know, I look your face. You know what I'm talking no, about? No, I don't. Just the fact oh. you bring up Arthur. Oh, there is like some of the. There are like some campus in it, and they're like bowing, and you see their concave heads, and I. Just, oh my gosh, it freaked me out. So <laughs> we're we're going places tonight, man. We are, we are. Episode forty-two. Ambassador of the non-malt. That's uh, when you go to an ice cream shop and you don't <laughs> want anything. Non-malt. <laughs> non-malt. Uh, a young boy warns of the danger to an undersea development. He speaks about the non-malts, the rightful rulers of the ocean floor. As Dan arrives at the seahorse, a prototype underwater city is suddenly explodes. And catches the boy, Shinichi, who claims that the non-mall are the original civilization of Earth, driven to the bottom of the ocean by early humans. Soon, a large octopoid monster rises, Goros, a creature of the non-mall, and they are about to start a, an assault using a stolen atomic submarine that is not yellow. Don't go overboard and get diarrhea. <laughs> God. <laughs> Lion of the series, let me tell you. Um, that's hilarious. You know that new Netflix show where people put on a Netflix? bunch of... Pro- Why are you watching nude Netflix? The nude Netflix show? You know, um, your, uh, your job is releasing a book about porn, man. I, I think you should probably read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know that new Netflix show about... Um, Shit's it's great. the people who put on the prosthetics and go on the blind date. Oh no, I haven't heard Very of that. Very scary. Um that's what these that's what these non-malts reminded me of. Like one it, it, it they'll know. The the listeners not will know. Okay. Um but also I hate these. I hate these I they they they're scary to me. Yeah, they're creepy. I don't they're like them. Creepy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of like you should stay underwater. There's a reason why you're there. There's a reason you are exiled. <laughs> Um, I did not like this one. I mean, the designs of the novels. I get it. It was an interesting episode. Like, first of all, we got to see E-Day again. That was great. Mm -hmm. You know, I love those little cameos there. 
and you know Dan, so Dan and Ann, and their casual wear, like they're an amazing couple. I just, you know, I stand Dan. Okay, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there was, you know, an interesting conversation here about like this is where I think we could actually use the phrase like colonization, mm-hmm. right? Of what inspired this shift because we're only hearing from the non-mall, mm-hmm. and I would be curious. Obviously, they're not going to flesh it out, but like, are we getting the full story there? Right? Mm-hmm. Did they do anything to instigate why they would have been driven away? Like, were they too violent? I mean, they're clearly violent here, but we are too. Right? Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of interesting things that were brought up that just don't really go anywhere, mm-hmm. which is okay. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm so used to like, as we'll see in the next episode we're going to discuss, like actually having those conversations instead of like, ooh, here's the tease. Here's the tease. Yeah. Well, it, I did I did wonder a little bit what was the porpoise, but also... Ah. <laughs> um, you're swearing in SpongeBob. But I have noticed the Ultra 7 just has a lot more like just straight up violent, displaced enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not in a way that like Red King and Ultra, and Ultra and Z was violent, for protecting the babies, but like in just the like a okay, I understand you're displaced, but like they really ramp up some some of the violence sometimes to make some of the antagonists more or less likable. Yeah, you know what I mean. And this one felt a little like that. They were made unlikable overly. I do have to say, as I was watching this episode, I got really hungry as he was cutting up the octopus. Hmm. I was like, man, that'd be really good in my mouth right now. Uh oh. What happened? What? It's your turn. Oh, is it? Yeah. How in the world? I'm sorry. I had a brain fart. Uh, I was waiting for you, dude. <laughs> I clicked cheering instead of laughing. Whoops. Oh. <laughs> I was like, sit, I, yeah, sorry. Um, I had a nightmare on planet number four. Um, Dan and Sogar are acting as test pilots for a new interplanetary rocket called the Scorpion. Soga finds himself unsettled by his own superstition. Indeed, though the two test pilots drift off to a 20-day sleep once they hit deep space, the rocket begins to drift off course, heading into unknown territory. They wake up 10 days later than expected, find themselves on an Earth-like world, convenient, the fourth planet, 12,000 billion kilometers away. As an American, how the heck far away is that? I, mm, well, <laughs> that could be really close for all I know. <laughs> kilometers away. I feel like you should have rounded up to trillion, right? Maybe. At that rate. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe trillion wasn't a thing here. Okay. Maybe I don't this, know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, can I just make it's a, a comment? It's a huge number, okay? It's a big number. Um, can I just make a comment on why you probably shouldn't let any ultra people be pilots? Have we not seen what happens when they get behind a ship? Yeah, well, technically this is not canon yet. It's not integrated into the same universe yet, Chris. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. when you get pedantic on me, it makes oh, I will. sense. <laughs> I will, because someone will at us and be like, how do you guys not know that? Well, I can tell you, but we only have three minutes. <laughs> right. So two things. Okay. First of all, the line, let's go to the human town. 
of course i'm thinking <laughs> let's go to the human town um that's forever i mean every single day that's in my head so rob okay okay i love you but this episode this is what i'm talking about though so it i actually am theorizing that this planet is the earth from the future hmm I don't have any reason for that, but obviously science means nothing in this show. Uh-huh, but, uh-huh. you know, this idea that they're developing this technology to eradicate friction, right? So that's something mm-hmm. I've been reading about a lot lately, and especially automation. So the book I read, The Glass Cage, is by Nicholas Carr, talks about automation and how when we try to remove that friction and burden from our lives, we actually become less human. Right. Hmm. So we think, oh, well, I need GPS to tell me where to go. Well, all of a sudden now you don't know how to navigate anymore. There are actually Inuit tribes that have completely, after thousands and thousands of years of knowing how to navigate the land, have lost the ability by and large within a generation and a half. Right. So like technology, mm-hmm. it, when we use that, it be- makes us less human. So obviously we see that in this capacity where, you know, it was this desire to become technologically advanced like we don't have to pilot anymore we don't even have to think anymore the robots are going to be our slaves and what Mm -hmm. ends up happening we become the robot slaves we lose our humanity right and so that's Mm -hmm. where like part of me or i'm like well the the japanese language and obviously being humans i'm like i'm wondering if like it's actually like a future glimpse of Mm -hmm. what humanity would be if they go down that course so of course them coming back and being like oh we're gonna keep doing this dan and soga are like what a little (laughs) wally-esque i don't know if you have anything else you wanted to say we can take a minute okay i really like the episode though yeah i'm glad there's no monsters in it Mm mm-hmm episode 44 the terrifying super ape man. <laughs> After a series of violent murders, and they are violent, by an oh, ape yeah. creature, the Ultra Guard examines a trail of blood. Kuriyama determines that despite the strength and speed of the killer being equal to that of a gorilla, the DNA from the blood is human. Stumped. Dan and Banana. <laughs> banana. Who? <laughs> <laughs> How much could it cost, Michael? <laughs> Ten bucks? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know the uh, simian equivalent of a Freudian slip. But uh, stumped, Dan <laughs> and Anne visit a zoo's primate exhibit, unaware that the killer is working there as a groundskeeper and, in truth, an ape man. Gory. The body <laughs> of a human with the mind of a gorilla. Okay. So I got to say, when Dan's sitting there, He's like, is this a monkey? I'm just, my head's like, well, does it have a tail? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has a tail, it's a monkey. But does it? It's an ape. Come on, Veggie Tales 101. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Oh, um, the whole time, it was just in the like in the back of my head. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm, it, I'm a dad. I can't believe the UG didn't have a little bit of a zoological department. Right? You know? Yeah. To just know that basic prehensile fact. I know. Well, Dan is an alien, and I get it. The whole point was like he was looking at the alien, the monkey, and being like, something's not right about this monkey. Yeah. But clearly, he wasn't good enough to know that. <laughs> That's not a the problem with super this monkey. Man. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. 
Um, yeah, the name of the the name of the ape really was like fitting gory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good man, like gory. Mentioned. He he saved Anne, and then he tried kidnapping her. I was confused. It's like by that. um that movie, you know that one. Uh, Big ape kidnaps the girl. Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Uh, son of Godzilla. <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love Godzuki. Um, <laughs> Mecha Godzuki. Yeah, I just I had to not make, and I'm gonna make him anyway. But like, R.I.P. Gory. Yeah. Um, you know what's out for Gory? <laughs> uh, chess out. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, chess. chess out. Chesticles. You know how all humans are half centaurs? Mm-hmm. We're all half gories, actually. I have yeah. the mind of a person and the body of a person. <laughs> nah, I don't know about the about that. I mean, you're definitely very ape-like. I... <laughs> Mind-wise. In the same sense. Yeah, in um, the same sense. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, yeah. I didn't have terribly many thoughts about this episode. Oh, I loved it. So it was much fun. fun. I oh, just, it was, was like, so much fun. Just, I liked it in terms of I was just entertained. The ending where they like cut, and I guess I don't know the right word, but when they keep doing images of the monkeys screaming, I'm like, oh. what is happening? This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Someone had a lot of fun editing this episode. Oh, honestly. Um I I was like, I was like, did I miss something? Like, whenever I watch these shows, I have to be like pretty clued in, right? Because mm-hmm. I have to read. But I'm like, I must have looked away. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh I like that they designed the 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 monster. I, I didn't look up his name, um, to be like the Mandarin. So it wasn't like that little Mandarin monkey, whatever, and all of a sudden it's green. Right. Yeah. So there is some kind of coherency. Mm-hmm. Coherence sentation going on. We're going to put that one in the next spelling bee. All right. So the saucers have come. It's tea time. Saburo, an amateur astronomer, detects a fleet of alien ships headed towards Earth. He reports. Wow. Uh, he reports the situation to the UG, who are unable to find any trace of the flying saucers. The next day, a boy that the astronomer has befriended promises to take Saburo to live among the stars leading to another sighting of the UFOs. Later, the boy reveals that this is an advanced scout and that he has pulled Saburo into the plan. The Paralinga es- explains that they have managed to convince the Ultra Guard there's no invasion due to the boy who cried wolf effect. That was a hard one to read. It was a hard one to read. Yeah, I was reading along with you. Yeah. A couple of commas that didn't belong. Anyway. Mm-hmm. This is like the weirdest Jisoji episode, and that's weird. Like, yeah, because it's not weird. Like, that's what is weird to me. Apart from the end, it's super trippy. But mm-hmm. like, it's definitely a more of a character driven episode, mm-hmm. which I love. But yeah, I was like, I think there's another Jisoji episode after Nightmare. And I was like, oh, it was this one. OK, <laughs> weird little kid prophet guy running around. OK, yeah. OK. I think it's a. this is totally like I understand this is anachronistic. But there's um, pretty much every season of Sentai that I've watched has an episode where one of the rangers believes a kid mm-hmm. who, like, constantly lies. And I just kind of thought it was funny that, like, the boy who cried wolf is, like, huge. I mean, I think at least 
four Sentai series have used it. Hmm. So it's funny to see like the aliens use it like like intelligently. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a fun little twist. It is. And it's only because they looked at the photographs later and being like, wait a minute, like these wouldn't show up if you didn't do the long exposure. I don't know. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they almost didn't catch it. Like mm-hmm. this was one of the closest episodes for them to just absolutely get decimated. Mm-hmm. So good job, Anne. Like, yeah, you literally saved the day. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love the neighbor. He is so petty. It is amazing. <laughs> like, I just, I could feel his energy through the screen. It was wonderful. <laughs> just vibing. Yeah. And I really like when Kiriyama goes, the more fruitless our work is, all the more proof of a peaceful earth. Because mm. that's so antithetical to this idea that we see with some of our government organizations like the CIA and the FBI, where like they have literally set up things to happen because they wouldn't have business otherwise. You know, like they have to, these organizations have to exist. Like they have to have things happen to exist. Right. But Kiriyama is like more focused on the fact that like, yeah, if we're just handling prank calls all the time, then it means that things are peaceful. Like he's able to see that. And that was, that was cool. That's not something we've seen throughout the rest of the show. Some of the way, some of these episodes, the way they portray Kiriyama, I don't like. He's like overly violent and just we need to get it done no matter what. This is the Kiriyama that I feel like is more authentic to what we've seen throughout the show. Yeah. And I do think that um, it's more thematic. That that idea is thematic for Ultraman in general. Just mm-hmm. like that we want peace and we want that through reconciliation. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a great read. Yeah, it's, it's the idea that our our priority is not to win battles our priority is to to not even need to be needed mm-hmm. right and so yeah I, I love that and one thing I wanted to bring up too is I love the idea that it brought up this conversation about the death of expertise so mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot lately uh, with various topics Um mostly politically though but just this idea that you know for the longest time you would just trust people who have degrees and who are in official organizations and stuff like that because you're like well they have to know what they're doing to be there and then you see these amateur astronomers who are able to see something that they're missing Mm -hmm. and I think I don't know what the context would be at this time but I know for myself you know especially as a Christian like that's one of the beautiful things of what the gospel is, is, you know, we're not called to be necessarily eloquent speakers. We're not called to have PhDs. We're called to just preach the gospel. And the gospel is that death of expertise right there, right? Mm-hmm. Is this idea of like the most meek and humble people are where we see that the gospel um, conveyed most beautifully. Yeah. Well, it's like what Wright says pretty frequently. When God wants to change the world, he's not sending in the tanks, but he's sending in the meek and the mild. Mm-hmm. I mean, tanks do change the world, just not in a good way. So. Not God's way. No, not God's way. <laughs> Episode 46, the showdown of Danvers 7. The Ultra Guard has mobilized to the idyllic, idyllic, yeah, so. yeah. idyllic Cape Ira in response to a number of incidents reported in the area. Their surveillance goes awry, however, 
when Dan is captured by a woman. He's tailored. Wow. <gasps> and the team's support offsite is destroyed. The woman and her fellows reveal themselves as Salome and reveal to Dan their masterstroke, a robot duplicate of Ultra 7, perfect in almost every way, which they plan to misuse in order to make Ultra 7 an enemy of mankind. I always love that, um, not to pull, not to pull an anachronism again, but Sentai definitely does this too, where it's like, oh, the, the Rangers are bad. Um, like, but it's also at the same time at the end of the series. <laughs> it's like if Ultra 7 Bot was made in episode three, I feel like the plan would work a lot better. Yeah. But G Ranger did the same thing where it was really close to the end that there were evil Rangers. I think it was like, Probably two or three before the finale of that show as well. And it's just, I'm always funny. I'm like, if I was like watching Ultra 7 on the news and then like 45 Kaiju later, he's suddenly bad. I would be like, well, that's certainly something that's not Ultra 7. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm reading way too much like realism into this. But no, I, I always I, just I'm laugh that they're so late. Yeah. Like make the evil one sooner. No, I know. And if they just would have teamed up with the writing team, you know, I, I think That's they would have. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So way Wherever to go, the editor Salome. put all these episodes in order, they should have called him. <laughs> uh, how did you like the talk machine? Oh, gosh. I, I kind of felt like, guys, it's like, all right, we're almost done with the show. What are we going to call it? Uh, I don't know. The talk machine? Yeah, and they leave it in the notes and they forget to change it. They like, <laughs> someone's like, Oh, you know Ron reads everything you put on the teleprompter. Yeah. It's like, well, we only have enough time for one take. So the talk machine it the is. The talk machine. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if like something was lost in translation a bit. Too. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we have already seen these subtitles don't always uh, capture all of the monsters' names properly. Yeah. So, yeah. And... Why did these aliens just absolutely suck at cleaning out Dan's pockets? Like, such a simple mistake. That's that's yeah. abduction 101 is you take everything out. Mm -hmm. Come on. Well, Salome is used to human pants for women that don't have pockets. Mm. So maybe it's just you don't think about. No, yeah. I guess that's true is if you... Uh, if you're not a pocket aficionado, then mm -hmm. you just wouldn't even think about it. The best ultra suit is going to be the one that has pockets. Deep, deep <laughs> pockets. Like James yeah. Bond, you know, and Goldeneye. <laughs> he just had all the guns. He'd just be able to rotate them out. Just rip like, them all out, yeah. Yep. Um, but yes, let's let's not lose the fact that Dan in a, is in run afoul of yet another woman. <laughs> Yeah. And what is the correlation? I know that's a name I've seen here recently in my Old Testament reading. Yes, I just picked up on that and I can't pull it off the top of my head. And I'm still bummed. <laughs> I'm making a commitment not to Google things as often as I normally do, so I'm refraining. Oh, okay. Who are you? A man stumbles home after a night of drinking. Well, that's a great question. When he makes it, his wife and son do not recognize him, and neither does anyone in his building. On the trail of a mystery, Dan and Furuhashi sneak over to the apartments just in time to see the building start to flicker and move, reorganizing itself. 
The two agents are nearly killed by a girder dropped from above, but they manage to shoot the man, his human disguise falling away to reveal a pig-like alien, Huck. Dan uses his x-ray vision and comes to a horrifying realization. Everyone in the building is an alien. Hey, Chris. Hmm. Who are you people? <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> I had it in the soundboard and I almost clicked it. And I'm like, wait, it would reset the timer. I can't do that. Oh, fun. But <laughs> yeah, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I, I mean, my brain is just filled with SpongeBob quotes. It's the worst. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. What a weird episode. I loved it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite, very niche toku tropes where someone goes home and everyone's an alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who hasn't had that problem, though? Let's be honest. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. Just late night ragers. You come home and you knock on your door and your wife doesn't recognize you. But then your wife just pulls your son out and being like, I don't know who you are, but here's my son. Here's Take kid. a look at him. But he's yeah. not yours. So now we're going to go inside at 2 a.m. and watch TV. Yeah. Um, for for the record, the Mega Ranger episode about the boy who cried wolf was mm-hmm. also an episode where a boy comes home and everyone's been replaced by aliens. Wow, they just knocked so, it, you know, two birds with one stone. So, That's like, great. literally, it's one of my favorite tropes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it is funny. I do like the idea that it's a drunk guy coming home, uh, because it, if the last one was about an expert who wasn't believed, this is about um, someone who shouldn't be believed. Yeah. In certain senses. Yeah. I mean, you'd have every reason to not believe him. Right. And he he even manages to believe the the police guard or whatever, because he's like, well, there's a chance that they look similar, but they're not the same. And he looks Mm -hmm. at he's like, well, I guess you're right. You know, and it's yeah, he's completely off his A game. Mm -hmm. So I. uh I was watching this, the the fight scene there at the construction site. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about like how far fight choreography has come. Oh, like from yeah. there compared to like what we even watched in Ginga S. I'm like, this is not even close to being the same. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I I don't want to sound like that guy though, but compared to some overly CG trigger stuff. Oh, I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a certain point where I, I can only watch, I think Alex put it, so much wire foo, right? Yeah, where it's like, granted. okay, there's there's no way you're doing this in real life. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm always a fan of the practical stuff. It's just, you can tell how they're really trying to pull their punches. Yes. And it's like, you're not even connecting. The whole, it's it's Luke's force kick. It's the whole was very like slow at times yeah. in fight scenes. Yeah. Who are you people? There we go. <laughs> there it is. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. Yeah. Episode 48. The biggest invasion. Sorry. The hugest invasion in history. Part one. Dan is sick. After passing oh. out, he is confronted by Ultra 7 Superior who reveals he can no longer absorb solar energy. The superior demands that he return to the land of light to recover. But Dan refuses, not wanting to leave the earth he loves undefended on the cusp of a full-scale invasion. His superior relents, 
but just before Dan awakes, gives a warning. That ugh, the word. <laughs> Do not yeah. transform again, lest he burn through his remaining energy and be unable to return. Later, the insidious uh, Gose, I had to make, sh- make a note of that, the insidious Gose release an enormous monster on Earth, the Gose's greatest weapon, Pandon. Yeah. <laughs> These descriptions, what, what's happening? Oh, man. I will say for what we said about um, the, the assassination being maybe like a more complete finale, I thought this was a great like thematic yes like way to end the show yes yeah I mean this this definitely sh- needed to be the finale and I made that note before watching this but there were there were still some things I think just the idea of the crucifixion that was pretty powerful imagery yeah but yeah like seven guys but handed to him in this episode mm-hmm. well both and I just I don't know maybe you can help me with something. Maybe. Why did they wait until the series finale to open up an episode with a hot, sweaty, shirtless Dan? Yeah, oh, gosh. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but even in the 60s, I would have been like, give it to me. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, it really shows how far we've changed TV-wise. I know. But, um, I, know. I don't know, man. I just thought in terms of like, the themes of the show was sacrifice and mm-hmm. just like why Ultra Seven like likes the idea of Dan. Kind of tying back to what was that like seventeen? It was pretty early, right? Mm-hmm. No, and you know I what know. I mean. You know what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Um, that one. I just really like this. It, it's another trope. Like, don't use your powers again, or they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. But um, just it fits Ultra Seven really well. Like, in a different way that's not true of Spider-Man or any of those other ones. It's just, like, in a show about others and his drive to protect the Earth, it's cool mm-hmm. to see that it actually might cost him something. Yeah. I just... What's frustrating is, and this is more relevant in the next episode, like, if he would have just told people who he was, like, this would have been so much different. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We're not... And I get it. This is all contingent on how the writers make blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but, I mean, there's no reason for him this far to not let them know who he was. Yeah. You know? And I just... And it, I think part of it, it's easy to forget that Dan is just a manifestation, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just a shell. Mm, Chris, you complete <laughs> me. Um it's it's not his real body. So mm-hmm. there's probably an element there of like he doesn't even think about doing that. But right. I don't know. Yeah, I do think especially in this series where the UG is given a lot more characterization and a lot more to do, it would have been a pretty cool way to like bring a lot of this together mm-hmm. for that revelation to come out. No, I, I agree with you. I Yeah. It, Far from me saying it was the wrong thing to do. Like, I'm never going to be that person like, oh, they should have done that. It's the worst show. But like, I do think they missed some stuff by not incorporating that sooner. But I think maybe that was just the trend back then. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So we are on the final one. The hugest Invasion in History Part 2. Uh- <laughs> 
didn't I'm not hit it that scared time. me. I um, didn't hit it in time. <laughs> uh, after collapsing, Dan's seizing body is brought to the med bay. The ghosts say retrieve Pandon and begin repairing with robotic parts to replace its lost limbs. Using Amagi as a hostage and to speak to humanity, the ghosts say outline their demands. All humans are to surrender unconditionally and be moved to the Gose colony on Mars. If there's any resistance, the Gose will detonate their drill bombs to destroy all of Earth's major cities. They were not messing around about that. Nope. That was intense. Like, yeah. uh, you're going to do that on the last episode and we're not going to talk about what happens? Yeah, well, Ooh. right. This is where those linear stories would have helped to have the next episode be a little bit of like, oh, well, what the hell just happened? Yeah, a reflection. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, oh, we're going to end it by Dan going off into the the moonlight and, well, starlight, excuse me. And, yep, the wor- half the world's major cities have been demolished. Yeah, no big deal. Millions dead. Yeah. And then it's hard to imagine... It, yeah, and then it's like, well, I guess if I knew Return of Ultraman was coming, I'd feel different. But this would be a hard season finale mm-hmm. if you didn't have, like, the internet to tell you more was coming. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine sitting there, like, at the end of the show. Because, I mean, there's a couple years between this and Return of Ultraman. You're just what? sitting there and, like, uh, wow, okay. Because, again, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have expected a sequel because neither of the shows, Ultra Q, Ultraman, and Ultra 7, none of them were connected, right? But still, mm-hmm. you're like, is this really the end of the story? Wow. Yeah. You know, it's such a, in a way, it's really bleak. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how I felt about it. Especially when he just leaves. Yeah. Like, okay, bye. I mean, it kind of has to at that point. But That's the other SpongeBob meme. Patrick, we saved the city. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about the Alaskan bullworm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad, though, to see, like, again, how much had happened because Dan... You're talking about the idea of self-sacrifice, but I think Dan was being super selfish because mm-hmm. even if he didn't tell people he was Ultra 7, if he would have just stopped trying to fight through being sick mm-hmm. like there's so many incidents that would have been avoided yeah, right absolutely. so his inability to quit you know like i have a manager at work that's just has the worst opinion of quitters but i'm like sometimes you just need to quit you just need to stop like it's and, not always quitting sometimes there's no, like stopping yeah so it's just ugh, dan needs therapy i mean that's i think we all do but dan definitely did Oh, for sure. Yeah. I just like this whole episode was like talk about tonal shifts between parts one and two. This one definitely was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It would be hard. Like, I wonder what kids felt like, especially watching the show and then the way it turns at the end. That it's like, can I watch this anymore? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's. This is definitely a show that I'm not as eager to show Jasper. Yeah, you know, compared That's to like violent. Jeez. Oh, I know. Poor Starbim. Yeah. All right, Chris. It's awards time. It's awards time. It's awards time. Who gets your MBK? Oh, Gyros. 
Who? The pep- the pineapple pizza monster. Oh, Kappa. What? Oh, no. oh, did I get them mixed up? Shoot. No, no, I don't know. Which one? The one um got all the pineapples down to the big fat body. I'm pretty oh, sure it was the octopus. Okay. Yeah, the octopus. Uh okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I thought it was like it's creative. It was different. Mm-hmm. And it was very nice difference from the non-malts, which I hated. Have I said <laughs> that yet? They uh, remind me of something I would see on the X-Files. So I get that. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. I want to believe you're right. What about you? <laughs> so it's funny that I brought that up, not even thinking about it. Because here recently I got on this weird X-File rabbit trail mm-hmm. of sorts. Because uh, I was emailing Kyoi Toshi about Godzilla singular point and in my head I'm like I I thought this scene in the the intro changed from episode to episode I was convinced it happened it did it mm-hmm. which got me thinking about Shazam and Kazam right the Mandela mm-hmm. effect mm-hmm. which then I realized there's an episode of the X-Files that gets into the Mandela effect and it looks really funny and <laughs> I grew up watching the X-Files so I think I might just watch that episode out of context because an episode about a character who claims he's been there the entire time and they reincorporate him into old scenes just sounds amazing. <laughs> Kyle, if you're listening, it's like Clara and the doctor. <laughs> uh, my most beautiful kaiju though was Alien Perolinga, okay. which I just, I love the design. It was incredibly unique. Uh, I loved the, the personality it had. Um, but what I did not realize is the alien Paralinga appears in one of my favorite episodes of Ultraman Taiga, not Tiga, Taiga for the pedantic, um, which is the most recent show before Ultraman Z. Um, okay. There's some really good episodes in that show, and that was one of my favorite. So I didn't even put two and two together because it's been a while. And I was like, sure. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's next? Graveyard. Monster Graveyard. Uh, yeah. My boy Ape Man got just shredded. Oh. Okay, uh, can we just talk about his luscious locks? The Fabio style hair yes. that this... Um, it's like, let's take an ape costume and put the most luscious wig on this man. He's a monkey. He had a tail. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. But that's the thing. He was going to get my most beautiful kaiju, but then I saw how he got killed. He gets decapitated and just like Uh dismembered entirely. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Decapitated. Yeah. Um, I, I had a hard time with this one because I'm a real, like, I squirm with blood and guts and, um, Mm -hmm violence and uh, I was like okay these aren't funny these are like brutal um the last the last two episodes especially had oh, some pandan yeah yeah it's like oh my gosh so yeah I guess I'll go that way just in that sense but I had to rewind the first episode to like realize what had been cut off because I noticed something had been cut off I didn't tell I couldn't tell it was the leg mm-hmm. but yeah that was pretty intense yeah, so these aren't, mine weren't not funny graveyards. What was your, uh, how in the heck did he get away with that award? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I had one. 
Can you do yours while I look? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, I did the one with, uh, it was episode 48, when Dan just falls down and lands on the Ultra Eye and then manages to pick himself oh, gosh, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, good. It turns out that mine was the, the didn't search the pockets. I just didn't connect it when we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. But that year's is pretty good, too. I would love to just accidentally go ahead and transform. Mm-hmm. But what were we thinking on the aim for the bolt hole? Do you have a lover to comfort you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. I I did the human city line that you've already quoted. Yeah. Only because I say that. Oh, I say that unironically sometimes. <laughs> Let's when go to I'm the like, human town. Yeah, I say stuff like, let's go to the human restaurant where I have to go, like, socialize. Are you a Tumblr girl? Hey, don't forget where... Don't forget your roots, David. Uh, I know, I know. Um, But the other one, um, since I've used this award as the time to show off when I recognize Godzilla sounds, Mm -hmm. I I recognize the Godzilla sound. Yeah, they're at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, look at me. Easter egg. <laughs> you know those YouTube videos, like 10 things you might have, or 10 things you missed? Oh, gosh. I'm like, haha, there's only nine. I got that one. <laughs> uh, what got your favorite episode of this batch? Um, I just purely entertainment wise, mm-hmm. the terrifying Super 8 man. Oh, yeah. I, I almost went with that. It's okay. it was such a fun episode. <clears throat> I had to go with Nightmare and Planet Four though. Okay. Planet number yeah. four. I mean, it was a fun episode, but it was really haunting too, especially yep. the part where you're walking in and you realize, oh, this was not an actual TV drama. And they're like, Is that not how you do it on Earth? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, hmm. 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 Yeah. The firing squads. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a lot. But it was, it was a really well done episode. I like the fact that they didn't have a monster in it. That made it unique. I'm all about yep. that. So, all right. Favorite episode of the series, Chris. We're here. We're here. We're here. I went I, with... Oh, go ahead. Well, so, for there's... Here's where I was making the joke earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say three from this batch are top five. Yeah. And the fourth planet, um, the two part assassination. Mm-hmm. Those might be episode. Those might be four or five on my list of top five. Yeah, yeah. Um, the origin episode, favorite of the series. Mm-hmm. I think that it was a pretty easy guess, but yeah, that was a really good one. Though that was number two for me. Okay. Like entertainment wise, and just like sheer fun. That one is definitely number two. But yeah. I think quality-wise, it's got to be Super Weapon R1 for me. Okay. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. that one has sat with me ever mm-hmm. since I watched it. And I don't know if I would say the same thing if I hadn't seen it already before. So I already had that connection. But apart from just how ridiculous it was, how they killed Starbim, just the episode itself, it's just iconic. And... Mm-hmm. I think some of the best. So it's like definitely that one. 
the one where we discover where Dan came from. And actually, mm-hmm. right before Super Weapon R1, I think uh, the showdown at 140 degrees below zero, that's okay. easily one of my favorite ones in the series. That's a good, yeah. You can tell I know it's a good one when I actually rem- remember the episode <laughs> title. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, I have prepared, I have fasted, I have prayed. You have Let's prayed. do this. All right, hold yeah. On. Let me. There we go. At the risk of just sounding too redundant, I'm going to take a slightly different tact. You would expect me to say that Ultra 7 was on the cross just like Jesus, right? Like, yeah. everybody knows that. Mm. But I think my analogy this time is Dan sick on the bed is actually a picture of Jesus who became flesh like us Hmm. and he experienced all the same temptations that we do he did so just like Dan comes from the land of light to take on flesh and experiences what we experience so too did Jesus who was on the throne of heaven came to earth in the flesh to experience our temptations so he could sympathize with us but unlike unlike Ultra 7 slash Dan when Jesus ascends to heaven we have the promise that he's coming back that he sends the ultra seven spirits of the lord to rest in his church that we can be the people of god that he does not leave us as orphans and instead of waiting for the return of ultra man we wait for the ultra god man (laughs) there you go there you go all right chris let the listeners at home know what they should be watching next Yes, so right in time for the holidays, uh, the Honda days and the Halloweens, we are starting (laughs) Ultra Q, episodes 1 through 10. It starts with Defeat Gomez and ends with the Underground Super Express Goes West. I love that name. It's such a good episode. I am so jazzed. I think it already contains my favorite of the series. The turtle one. The turtle one. (laughs) And actually, it's should I say this? You Just can edit it. that Just if I should it. say it. I've seen this. I've seen Ultra Q. All of it now? So, yeah. You, you finished it? Yeah. Wow. So this will be an interesting one where we've both seen it. Yeah. Okay. So. I, I'm all about that. I'm glad you watched <laughs> it. I'm glad that you didn't tell me. That actually... I know. I won't tell you how recently I finished it. No, that's fine. But... Yeah. No, that's good. We, we have secrets. Well, I wanted, I always like, I'm like, that's why I didn't tell you about King Kong versus Godzilla either. I'm like, sometimes it's just better, makes better material. It does. I like the content is what I'm saying. (laughs) I do it for the gram. Okay. Do it for the gram. Yeah. (laughs) That showed your age. Thank you. for. (laughs) Hopefully you got that reference I made when I sent you the email earlier, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm getting old, Gandalf. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Saved by the Belial is a proud partner of the Tokusatsu Network, the premier news website for all things Tokusatsu related. If you're looking for VeggieTales material, look elsewhere. If you mm, are enjoying our show, not too, far. not too far. We humbly ask that you chant our name over at Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. If you do leave a review, we would love to hear whether you think, me and Chris, whether you think we're a monkey or an ape. So make sure to incorporate that in the review. More important than the reviews, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's sharing your thoughts on an episode we covered, if we made a mistake, 
or you just want to chat about our weird tales or lack thereof, <laughs> you can send us an email at atrociouspod at protonmail.com or head over to atrociouspod.com where you'll find our contact form for listener feedback or even prayer week week until next time may seven year watch over you windham r.i.p empower you and king joe bring you joy Quest and thinking like Weequay from Moby Dick. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Wee Quest I, is like a 2008 game on the Wii where you have to like. Oh yeah, actually, <laughs> you can use your me though. Yeah, that would be oh awesome. Have you tried reading Moby Dick anytime recently? No, I don't read softcore porn. Man, I'm trying <laughs> to leave this part in the show. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I read it as a kid. And I checked it out from the library here recently, and I got two pages in, and I'm like, what has happened to me? Well, were you bored? I, I, I couldn't make sense of it. It's just, <laughs> Oh, but it's, like little David could. Yeah. Yeah, like the stuff I read as a kid, I just, if I wouldn't have got a freaking smartphone, man. Yeah. Um, I'm also afraid I'd be bored to tears about it. I love the idea. I love the story. Like, that story itself is great. I just... <laughs> I need to just push through. I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to do it.